This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, Dr. Vic here. And before we get into today's episode, I wanted to just share with you about my upcoming book, Decoding the Matrix, coming out in May 2022. And right now I have a VIP list that I'm creating uh, that I would love to have you join. And what this is, is you're going to get a massive discount on the book and a ton of freebies. And it's only going to be available to those on the list. So if you want to looking for an amazing book to come out that's going to help you understand your potential, start your spiritual awakening, and really just see the importance and the value of who you are and what you bring to the table of being existing in this world and understanding how to not allow the matrix to tarnish that, then this book is for you. So check it out in the show notes. You can click on there and you can uh, go ahead and put your information in and you'll be put on the list automatically. I'll be sharing updates on the book. And you're going to, again, like I said, you're going to get an unbelievably massive discount for the book and a ton of freebies. So don't wait, check the show notes and click on the link and get signed up today. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Vic and you're listening to another episode here on The Mindful Experiment. Excited to have you guys on. It's uh, this, this episode, this interview, I had a blast. And before we get there, um, just to share some th- updates of... Uh, what's going on in our world? We have our book coming out May 31st, Decoding the Matrix. I highly recommend checking it out. The reviews that I've gotten so far from my team, uh, people that I reach out to uh, that, that, that don't work for me, just reach out to, to read my book and give me feedback has been absolutely stellar. And you know, this book is all about how to help unleash your potential and really start to accelerate and get going your spiritual awakening and how to decode from the matrix. It's all about the programming and conditioning that we've been brought up with that we may be aware of or unaware of and how we can really level up. And I'm really excited to share this book with the world. And you can find more about the book uh, in the show notes. You can get part of my VIP list, which I give a ton of freebies, video course. Uh, I'm going to get ebooks to my old book, my, my first two books for free. And um, you'll get the, the book, um, you know, proof of purchase and all that. But there's massive discounts that come with it. So don't forget to check that out. But today's interview, I had a blast talking with Ramon Newman. And it was such a great conversation. He is like a brother. We gelled on this podcast. Great guy. But one of the things is he he really the thing I loved about his journey is like he he shares in the in the podcast about working 80 hours a week externally, right? Like what most people do to get to success. And then what he did is he turned that around and did 80 hours a week internally, working and discovering who he is, what he's about, and so much more. And that started to transform a whole entire journey for him in his own process. And then on top of that, now helping other CEOs, just learning how to tap in to themselves and see how their life transforms. And he shares a beautiful story about that. And so uh, you can see why we gel. If you listen to me and you follow the podcast for a while, you know this is something I talk about a lot. But before we get into the podcast, let me tell you a little bit about Ramon. Ramon Newman is the co-founder and CEO of New Mavericks a global leadership development consultancy based in Los Angeles, Melbourne, and Sydney. 
He has worked with over 50 top CEOs and execs of billion revenue companies for more than 20 years, providing them with techniques to achieve high leadership capacity, averting problems, and seizing growth opportunities. With a drive for helping people develop a sense of protection in any market, Ramon is also the co-author to The Science of Protection, How Leaders Gain an Unfair Advantage to Create Stellar Success. His book helps leaders enhance their progress through mental optimization and skills. Everything required to support their vision can be developed within, and Ramon is an expert in showing them how. He is a former top three nationally ranked track athlete, a national cross-country team winner, state championship winning rugby player, which we do talk about, environmental products entrepreneur, 10-year full-time meditating monk, messenger trained actor, a philanthropist, and a graduate from the University of Auckland with a Bachelor of Commerce in Marketing. Overachiever? No, he just loves to learn and continues to grow. Ramon inspires the courageous leaders on how to have an indomitable self-awareness, energy, clarity, belief, and creativity through time, individualized, out-of-the-box insights. In addition, his time and field-tested leadership developed techniques and programs to achieve breakthrough results in the fastest, most protected way possible. So, Without no further ado, sit back and relax. Enjoy this episode, this conversation that I had with Ramon Newman. Ramon, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Vic. Uh, really appreciate uh, the theme of what you've got here and looking forward to diving deep on this, this mindful experiment. Uh, qualities that we're all developing through our own experiences. Yes, sir. Well, I'm excited to have you on. You're, the way you spell your name alone is something I know it's going to be unique with the extra A in there. So this is going to be fun to, to dive in with you in the next 40 minutes or so. Sure. So my listeners already know, I get right into things. I want to know, tell me, how did you get into what you're doing today? Like what's what was your journey that got you leading to the process of where you are today? So yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a journey where I, you know, I never planned it. I always, I always thought, you know, I growing up in New Zealand, the first twenty years of my life, uh, I was a very competitive athlete. I in rugby and also uh, running track cross country, and so I was I was really into the physical side of life and wanting to be a professional athlete. And I did pretty well, you know, from the age of 10, right through the age of 20, I won national, regional, provincial titles uh, in rugby, in track and field, in cross country. And it was a, it was a great experience. And I had an Olympic gold medal winning coach. Uh, he actually coached John Wolf, who won the 76 Olympics. And he was the first man to run under three minutes, 50 seconds for the mile. And so Arch said to me, he said, look, you're progressing really well. And if you stay fit and healthy, and you keep progressing and training, there's no reason why you can't go to the Olympics. And when you get that sort of edification, you go, okay, I'm all in on this. Someone someone believes in me. And uh, I, I believed in, in what he was saying as well. And I, and I felt that potential. And so I really you know, got down to putting in the effort, putting in the training. I was really good at it. Never really missed training. And then I you know, had an opportunity to go from being a good national athlete, top three nationally ranked athlete, to being an international athlete and that really comes by qualifying for the world junior championships so i had an all-out season trying to qualify for that 1500 meters long story short i missed by a couple of seconds and after that i got very ill had a lot of respiratory problems had a lot of digestive problems you know kept me up most nights for over six months made me feel a little insomniac i felt depressed that maybe i wasn't going to be 
uh, or fulfill the purpose that I had as a professional athlete. And it was just a, a real downtime for me, you know, and I, you know, kind of numbed the pain by the, the typical means of eating more and drinking more and dating whoever seemed interested. And that only compounded the problem. And it really just forced me to look at myself and say, okay, what am I missing here? You know, I'm good at doing the outer stuff, but something I'm, I'm missing something with my mind. I'm missing something with my ability to allow my body to recover and rejuvenate. And so that kind of put me on a, a spirit of inquiry into finding some deeper truths about how to stay healthy and, and fit and strong while you're trying to perform at a high level. And so I ended up uh, learning TM, Transcendental Meditation, when I was uh, 19, just after I was, I was burning out. And there's some national uh, champion athletes that, that taken up the practice. And I said, oh, well, what's this all about? You know, why are you doing it? And it says, oh, it just really helps you recover, you know, really well and actually gives you rest that's even more deeper and more profound than even sleep. And they've found that when one allows their mind to transcend and experience that, that deeper level of settledness, then it actually relieves even deeper stresses and it actually drops cortisol uh, between 30 and 40%. Sleep on average will only drop cortisol between 10 and 12%. And so I thought, oh, wow, sounds like something I really need. And you know, when someone tells you something, you kind of get really excited about it because you feel like, oh, this is this could be something that really you know helps me grow. So I went and I learned the technique. The first time I had that experience of allowing my mind to really transcend, really settle down, it was such a contrast between where I thought I was a relaxed person to what real relaxation experience was like that I walked out of that first experience feeling like I was walking on the clouds. It was such a dramatic contrast, but it also flipped the switch for me. It made me realize that, ah, oh, all this energy and creativity and intelligence really comes from, from deeply inside you. And yet we use, try and use the physical so much to accomplish things. And so I kind of went on that, followed my bliss, so to speak, because we're always following our bliss. We're always wanting to go towards the, the field of greatest charm. And so I wanted to experience more of this. So long story short, I ended up coming to the United States, going to a university in the Midwest where they actually, you know, encourage meditation, the TM as part of the, the development of the student, developing the consciousness and awareness of the student uh, so that they're able to metabolize knowledge a lot better and, and pick up on knowledge within themselves a lot better. And so I was really curious about that experience. So I went there for a few years, worked on stuff. And then I, I got more deeply into wanting to experience those, those deeper experiences and so I found out I could meditate full time, eight hours a day, seven days a week. Ended up going to a place in North Carolina, the Blue Ridge Mountains, as a, a center set up for a men's campus, a women's campus on this beautiful 7,000 acre uh, property. And literally people from all around the world would come here and just spend time in silence, eight hours a day, seven days a week. And so I said, oh, I want to have that experience and I want to do it for at least one year. And after one year, I was so kind of enamored by the experience. I was so enjoying the lifestyle and I was kind of purifying a lot of the deeper stresses that I built up, you know, through my athletic endeavors. And I was feeling really good and I was gaining a lot more what I call self-knowledge, you know, just really waking up to who you are. And so after one year, I go, oh, yeah, I want to, let's do another year, you know. So long story short, two years, three years rolled in 10 years. I spent 10 years in that monastic environment just meditating full time, really expanding that, that container of consciousness that we all ultimately are. And uh, it was very fulfilling. It was fulfilling on the level of my own personal experience. It was fulfilling on the level of the value of what that monastic monk lifestyle 
contributes to the world in terms of silence and peace and coherence from that deeper quantum unified level of, of consciousness. And so after 10 years, I realized, okay, I'm, I'm feeling really great. And I want to see what, what value this experience has in the marketplace because, you know, anyone can be enlightened in a cave, right? <laughs> it's when you put yourself into the marketplace, can you handle the situations and circumstances that are thrown at you? So my mind came up with an idea, well, I've got to, I've got to do something to the extreme opposite here to integrate this experience of the last 10 years. So I went to New York City, did an acting program for a summer, six-week six program, Loved it so much because great acting is all about great connecting. So I had all this great connection to self, but then acting was pulling me out and creating great connection with other people. And so I, I got enamored by that experience. And I spent a couple of years there, 2007, 2008, doing acting training and performing. Really loved it. And I wasn't really sure what I was going to do at that, that point because, you know, as, as a monk, you didn't make much money, right? And so it was like kind of hard to get by and, uh, the reason how I got by as a monk is we had to come up with a monthly amount of $1,000 just to kind of cover our room and board to be on that program. And so I had sponsors and we also had a, a situation with my now business partner where we would, uh, in our afternoons, you know, when we're not meditating, we would go and uh, get on the phone and talk with business leaders and help debunk their stresses and help them see a deeper level of truth of what's really going on and really help them, you know, be able to inspire more support from their environment for what they want to see happen. So that was just kind of very basic just to get by in life in that program. But then when I get to New York City, you know, I'm a business partner. He actually went to the Himalayas for six years. He was 15 years in that monastic environment, six years up in the Himalayas. And so he, he comes out of the Himalayas due to a situation. He had to help someone. And he calls me up and said, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm in New York City doing an acting program. He said, well, how are you going to make money? I said, well, I don't know. I haven't figured that one out yet. He said, well, why don't we just keep doing what we're doing, you know, when we were monks and serving these business leaders? And I kind of thought about it. I said, yeah, that kind of makes sense because 2007, 2008, as we all remember, there was a lot going on in the financial world. And I was in New York City and I was experiencing what some of these, you know, people around me were going through in terms of the financial you know, crisis that was going on. And I went, hang on, how come these very smart very intelligent business leaders have caused this financial calamity for themselves, their businesses, and, and the world. And I realized, oh, they had the same problem that I did. They're so focused on the outer development and yet not taking enough time to really go inside themselves, be more coherent, make wiser choices that are going to serve the long term and not just the short term. And so I realized that a purpose at that point. I said, oh, yeah, I, can, I feel I can really serve these business leaders and helping them with their inner development as they're you know, achieving on the outside. So we've been doing that for the last 12 years, uh, working with CEOs of multi-million, multi-billion dollar companies. We've seen some amazing things unfold. Uh, one company we work with, uh, we started working with them when they were around a billion dollar company. Uh, and seven years working with that CEO, the company went from 1 billion to 7 billion. And uh, the CEO eventually got inducted into the, the country's uh, business hall of fame. And uh, yeah, and, and there was one point in that experience where he uh, actually the first year we worked with him, after the first year, he actually became CEO of the year. He was awarded that award. And then he said to us, oh, guys, I want a break. We said, oh, that's interesting. You want a break. Uh, why do you want a break? And he said, well, uh, because I want to see if it's, if it's just me accomplishing in a better way or is it us working together that's really, really helping me progress? 
We said, okay, well, that's very practical. You're a practical you know, business leader. Uh, let's have a break. You know, And we left them with one question. We said, you have to work out why you won this award. So we had about a five-month break, and then my business partner, Paula, calls him up and says, hey, Mark, how's it going? He says, it's not going great. My deal's not working, and I don't know why. And so Paul asked him, well, have you answered that question that we left with you with? And he said, no, I haven't even thought about it, because that's what happens. Business leaders get very focused on the outside. And so eventually, you know, we had another conversation, and he kept asking why. Why is this so important? And he couldn't get it. He didn't get it. So eventually, we let him in on the, the secret. He said, look, you know, when you accomplish and you fulfill something, then you have to go to another level in your own inner development. You have to have a higher purpose. You have to also help those around you to evolve and grow. And he kind of, he took that and he breathed a sigh of relief and he said, that makes a lot of sense. Can we keep working together? And so that's what happens is like, you know, we all have desires, you know, and sometimes we desire something so strongly, but because we're so attached to that desire, we sometimes forget that the most important thing is that you're actually challenging yourself to grow as a person, as a leader. And that is the stimulus for actually the desire to get fulfilled, you know, and it's, it's more, you know, complementing what you want to see on the outside with developing yourself on the inside. So there's this value of what we call uh, protection. We wrote this book called the science of protection, how leaders gain an unfair advantage to create style success. Now, that unfair advantage is not because of some political situation or, or some secret that they have. It's actually your own inner development, you know, and they've found that world-class athletes, business leaders and musicians, when they're performing at their best, making their best decisions, they have a unique style of brain functioning. And what these neuroscientists have found in this book called World-Class Brain is that they have a lot of what they call alpha or global alpha coherence in their brain functioning. Now, what that means in layman's terms is that they're actually seeing the bigger picture of things. They are actually have greater foresight. So they're not, they're less reactionary. They also are able to see the finer details of how to unfold things and, and really be present, you know, with what's going on. And so it's a, it's a state of awareness where, you know, we can call it the zone. We can call it a Zen state. We call it the leadership state. And it's a state where there's a lot of coherence between all hemispheres of the brain, but especially between that prefrontal cortex, which is actually our CEO of our brain, of ourselves, which makes all our very important strategic decisions and planning, and our amygdala, which gives us those impulses to act. Now, everyone kind of gives the amygdala a bad rap in terms of being the fight, flight, and freeze part of the brain. And that's true, that, but that's actually the lowest functioning of our amygdala. The highest functioning of our amygdala is when it's in coherence with our higher cortical levels, and especially our prefrontal cortex, where we're able to interpret those impulses that are coming through and being able to have that heightened level of vigilance and diligence in what we're doing. So the more leaders can, can develop this type, type of brain functioning through specific practices and techniques, then they find that they're more in tune with making the right decision at the right time and having those right thoughts. I love this. This is all up my alley. Prefrontal cortex. We can talk about that all day, yeah. uh, especially being a chiropractor. We, 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 we really help with the wiring and getting that to be solid. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take a couple steps back and we'll, we'll, then we'll go forward. So just yeah. curious. This is my own curiosity. What yeah. position did you play in rugby? 
Uh, I played out in the backs, so I played either center or wing. Beautiful. I, pl- I played rugby for uh, Arizona State for one year. That was my only experience with rugby, but it was one of the best sports I've ever played. Uh, were, you play- in- were you playing in the front row? I was inside center. I was in the inside back. Inside center. Wow. Yeah. I started as an outside center because I had speed, even though my body type is not – you wouldn't think I have speed. Yeah. And then they're like, no, but you're you're wide. You got muscle. We yeah, need yeah, yeah. As an inside center. And I just want you to hit people as you go. I'm like, yeah. but I can juke. I can move because I played football with friends for eons. Right. And uh, but then I had to learn how to run straight. And I'm like, this is not I'm not used to this, but awesome sport. Kudos to all that play rugby. It's uh, I like I said, I played only one year and it had a bigger mark on me than probably playing 25 years of baseball. It's amazing. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. It's a very, um, it definitely puts you on your, your heightened awareness, you know, cause you're going to get hit and you got to take, take the hits and you got to get back up and you got to keep going. You know, you know what intrigued me the most about rugby though, is like, cause I thought it was just, you know, Hey, you go out there, you hit and that's it. Mm-hmm. And the strategicness behind it all oh, yeah. blew my mind and how you have to be on your feet thinking, calling plays, making the next move, what we're doing here, how we're going to apply with this. And I was like, this is nonstop. I was like, I like this for my type of brain, how I am. I'm like, I can handle this all day long. And I think that was the most shocking thing for me about rugby is that how mental of a game it is rather than, I mean, the physicality is important, but it's nowhere near the, the mental components. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a, it's very, yeah, very strategic, you know, it's, it's a battlefield, you know, you're on a battlefield that's, it's nonviolent for the most part, a battlefield. But you've got to be very strategic. Sometimes like the being tough and strong is is not the play. You know, sometimes it's it's just passing it and and not getting in a position to put other people in better positions to, to move the ball, ball forward. And that ties into what you were talking about, I think, a little bit. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like I love, you know, meditation and all that and centeredness and a lot of stuff I do in my own career working with chiropractors and entrepreneurs is all about I'm just going to tap more into what you have already, you know, forget, you know, it's so amazing. And I, and I don't blame, you know, I always tell chiropractors and entrepreneurs, I, I don't blame you guys. You're always looking outside. I did the same thing. You, you're sharing the same story. Yeah. I go, it's not you. It's the world. We're conditioned that way. We're taught right. at a very early on age. Everything from the outside determines who we are rather than we determine all those things. Yeah. Um, but I love, love what you were bringing up, like with, with just your own story with the CEO about, you know, the different levels, right? He, you, you worked with him all of a sudden, here you go, he got the award, all these things. And what a lot of people make a mistake, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like you, you get to that level, right? You break through a barrier, but now there's a whole new set of rules, yep. a whole new set of stuff you have to go through. Yep. And a lot of times people think, I got this. This is, you know, like he said, no, I'm going to, I need it. I've had this happen to me before too. It's like, all right, we're doing good here. I, I think I could take a break now. And I always be like, don't you see the pattern of success going on here? Well, right. yeah, but I want to see if it's really true. Cause they're so, again, so conditioned and, you know, in, in their, I say being in your head, or like you said, looking outside, um, them rather taking that journey. But I think it's one of those most critical things for all the listeners listening. Um, you're sharing that story of just how, again, the tap within and to really do that journey. It's, it's just, it's, and you were, how long did you do the silent uh, work for again? 10 years, 10 years. You were in silence for 10 years. Yeah. Well, basically we're, the, you know, just to give you a, a taste of the routine is like, we would get up early, you know, five o'clock or something like that. We start, we'd have a whole routine with yoga and stuff like that and breathing. And then by seven o'clock we're, we're meditating and then we meditate We had different practices during the meditation from seven to 12. We'd have lunch pretty much the afternoons we had free for ourselves to work on personal project or, or group projects and then by 4.30, we're back into another three hours of meditation. 
Love that. That that's uh that's something I got to eventually uh, work incorporate in. But yeah, you did, you, you I, did, I, reckon, I mean, I, there was a, there was a process. I kind of went through a, a boot camp training. You know, between the age of like twenty one to twenty four, where I was kind of conditioning myself to to be more on the inside than outside. So it's literally flipping the script from eight hours a day focused outward to eight hours a day focused inward, you know, and it's completely possible, but you got to got to build yourself up to and go through certain training to allow yourself to be able to have the experience. Totally. I agree with you. I mean, I meditate probably about an hour, hour and a half a day, uh, awesome. but I also am doing a lot of inward work all the time where like, you know, I do my work, but then I'm always like make keeping in check in me rather than just, you know, constantly, hey, let's just, you know, run the, 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 the hedonic wheel, just constantly going and going and going. Yeah. And just, just to give an analogy to, to what you just said there, it's like, you know, a lot of people don't realize, like, if you want to hit the hit a target, you know, take the analogy of an archery, you've, you've got to pull that bow back first. If you don't pull the bow back, where are you getting the energy? Where are you getting the, the creativity and the power to, to fire that arrow forward when you take action, you know? So that's what, what we're doing when we're meditating is we're taking the mind back to the source of thinking where all the pure best thoughts are coming from anyway, connecting to that and then letting go action and creating outcomes from there. And isn't it true then? Cause when you do that work, this has just been my experience, but when you do those kind of things, you actually make it easier, not easy, but easier to achieve the results that you desire. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot, a lot of people like they'll, they'll meditate because, or they'll do something because they're having a pain or a problem and then life will get better. And then they'll stop doing the thing that actually helped them evolve. And they just, they just forget, you know, where, where their real source and energy and clarity and creativity is coming from. So it's, it's both having the experience, but also having intellectual understanding that, you know, knowledge is structured in consciousness. And the more you keep developing your consciousness and your awareness, then the more and better knowledge comes through you or to you to take better action, to get better outcomes. Totally. 100%. I agree with all of that. And so when you look at the, you know, the world today, we're, we're very in a, um, Last couple of years has been chaotic for many people. Um, I also I always say that that's a choice, though, because again, we'll, we'll what we're discussing a little bit today. But how can you know people be more resilient to these kind of things? How can business owners and others, you know, changing times and things that just go on? How do we develop the resiliency to handle these things so that we can adapt better, so that we can have more of the life that we desire? Yeah, great question. So I like the analogy, you know, that pretty much everyone uses in terms of the iceberg, but I'm going to kind of add something to that. So let's take the mind as like an iceberg. So that one quarter of the iceberg is, is above the water. That's like our conscious mind. So our conscious mind is what we use to interact with our environment, take care of things logically, you know, which is important. But then the more powerful level of the mind is just below the surface. It's what we call the subconscious mind. So it's that three quarters of the iceberg that's under the water. And this is where, you know, we have our beliefs and our values and our conditionings and our impressions and, our, and stored up experiences. And they're all valuable to serve us as we consciously act. But then what's even deeper than that? Well, where did the iceberg come from in the first place? It came from the ocean, right? And the ocean is consciousness, which is unbounded, you know? So everything from our body, our mind, our intellect, and our ego they're all subject to change. They're all limited, but they have a source. And that source is that field of consciousness. So you and I know when we our mind settles down and we just feel that greater awareness, we don't feel bound by things, we feel less stressed, 
then nothing's really a problem. But when our mind is not in that, that good coherent state, everything seems like it's annoying and it's agitating and it's a problem and it's frustrating. So being able to get to that field and purify those stresses that block that experience of being connected to this unified field of consciousness is, is very important. And then what happens is the nervous system starts to function in a different way. So because it's conditioned to function from a settled, coherent state, then it's not so affected by what's going on externally, you know, because what goes on externally, it comes and goes pleasure and pain, gain and loss. It's all the field of change, right? But there's a field of non-change that a lot of people don't connect with. And so the more that they can get identified and connected to that field of non-change, you actually enjoy whatever's going on even more so, even if it's extremely challenging or negative, not that you, you bask in negativity, but you're actually able to handle yourself in a better way, whether it's very positive or, or very negative. And even great positivity, some people get very attached to it, to what's happening positively and then kind of you know lose themselves. They get caught up in the pleasure and the euphoria of it and they lose their center. And then they, then they start making silly mistakes after that or, or not wise decisions. So true in so many ways. That sounds like my life back in the day before I started practicing meditation and so forth. And it, and it, it is. It's, I love how you bring that up about the the the, the vastness of consciousness and, and that aspect. It's really living a whole experience of life, but nothing changes. That's why I always try to tell people like nothing changes. It's just you and your internal world and how you internalize things changes. But that shifts the whole story, the whole everything, even the experience, even the the dark times, maybe in the beginning of dark times, I'm not having a fun time with it, but because I'm human, but the the joy of it that I know when I'm going, like I'm there and I'm like, okay, there's gonna be some good out of this. This doesn't yeah. feel good right now, but yeah. there's some beautiful things going to be coming from this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And sometimes those things are needed in life in order to help you grow and engage in a better way. You know, like if you can really see what's happening is serving you and your growth and if you can go through that experience, then it, it releases blocks, you know, because we can condition ourselves that, oh, this always happens to me, you know, and that's a mindset, you know. Yeah, it always happens to you because you haven't yet learned the lesson to grow through it. True. And I and I it's uh, I was on I was on a call with someone earlier and I was discussing about like, how do you do mindset stuff? I said, well, I can't. This is hard for me to explain in like 30 minutes, but I'll give you a couple of analogies. And I started talking about blocks and like where do these blocks come from. I'm like. That's a whole nother, I'm writing a book on that one, but I'm like, but I'm like, once you remove them, then all of a sudden what you're trying to achieve happens. They're like, it can't be that easy. I was like, cause you've been taught the opposite. That's why. And right. then once, once we, and that's what I love about meditation, because a lot of times you can, you can tap in and be more aware. So when a pattern's showing up, you can go, wait a minute. I've seen this too many times. I've seen this multiple times. Let me go inward. Let me let me just feel. Let me go into that space. I always just, you know, Deepak Chopra calls it the gap. You know, there's the zone. There's the nothingness. Uh, I just call it bliss. Like I'm in this bliss state because it's like nothing matters. You're just happy. You're just like, wow, the feelings here are so good. Uh, I don't know where it's coming from. (laughs) Well, that's a really good point because a lot of people don't realize that that's their true nature. You know, your true nature is bliss consciousness. But a lot of people are so been so conditioned, their nervous system has been subject to things that is not that, and they, they haven't given themselves that experience. So therefore, their default is to you know identify with what happens externally. 
I love using like uh, I'll always remember, like some people who will, like they'll fight. Some people even fight that they'll like have that belief system. They know this is what life's about. And I go, go look at a one year old or a six month old, and then right. you tell me what do you see there? Oh, it's because they're a baby. They haven't been. Whoa, whoa, whoa. what you were gonna say? You, they haven't been what? That's our natural state. Babies are there designed to re- help us remember who Ooh. and what our states really are. Totally, totally. Yeah, and that's why that's why everyone says when they have a new baby, it's like it's the most amazing thing because that baby's reminding them, helping them remember what life should be like. Yeah, being a that's why I got into pediatric. Well, not because of this, but when I worked with pediatric chiropractor, uh, being a pediatric chiropractor and loving working with kids, I was like, this is so much fun. I can be in my normal state, and they get it. Like they're, I can be jokative with them. I don't get judged. I can be whatever, and they, I have a ball with them. I'm like, this is nice. And you work with adults. Not that I have anything against adults, but there's like a whole different parameter of mind. I have to shift my mindset from being in the right side and all just abstract and all the, you know, more of a natural state of what we are. And then in left brain, I got to go, okay, got to go back this route. Let me, let me reconnect here and, and do those things. But it's, it really is this state that you can have. And I know you experience this very deeply um, anytime and all the time. And it's just, and then finding, that's why I love like having spiritual teachers who you, no matter how old they, older they get, they, they like, they become more childlike through the process and it blows my mind. And I yeah. just keep saying, I put in my head, I do visualizations with this. I'm like, that's me at 70, 80, 90. That's. I want to have that childlike mindset throughout my, when I get to those stages. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's that quality that you're talking about there that really allows people to have this sense of presence. You know, we talk about the power of now, which is really the power of being, you know. And the more that you can be from that being state while you're doing, there's a coexistence of silence and dynamism at the same time. And this is what this global alpha coherence is. The brain is very alert and awake. At the same time, it's very settled and relaxed. So it's, it's a composition of the beta and the gamma frequencies, which are very alert frequencies. And then the relaxed, dreaming, imagining, sleeping frequencies of, of delta and theta. So the more that you can operate from that state, then the more you're integrated as a human being and the more that you're able to integrate your desires with the desires of your environment and whoever you're serving. Love that. Love that. So I know you work with, you know, CEOs and stuff like that and so forth. Um, and we talked a little about this before jumping on and I just wanted to just kind of shift gears here a little bit. So how is it, and it, it doesn't have to be just for CEO or CEOs, just in, in yep. general, how do people then, you know, with this work, how do they, you know, leadership and so forth to protect themselves in a way? And, and I think of the word protect and sometimes that throws me off a little bit, uh, yep. but I, I'm curious to see how you frame that wording of it and, and what, why they have to and so forth, not only themselves, but also, you know, and this is for any entrepreneur listening, also for yourself and uh, the people that you, you serve. So first of all, I consider everybody in this world a CEO, okay? You're the CEO of your own life. You're the one that has to make decisions about certain things. So I think everybody should see themselves at least as the CEO of their own life. And therefore, you know, being the CEO of your own life, you want to be in in the most coherent state that you can be to make the best decisions. Now, sometimes that's not possible because of the stresses that life and business can throw upon you. And so one of the most very important things, if you really want to protect your progress, is purification. There's a saying, purification leads to progress. Sometimes, you know, we're so driven, I want to progress, I want to progress, but we've got all this stuff. We've got all this stress, all these toxins, 
or these unresolved conflicts that need to be purified. We've got these vices like greed, anger, lust, vanity, jealousy, right? These are all the inner enemies that cause external enemies. So if you want to progress in a more frictionless, superfluid way, then you have to take time to purify these inner enemies so that they don't show up on the outside and block your progress. And a lot of leaders in this world are very, and rightly so, they have to be seen to be making progress. But sometimes they're working too hard to create progress because they haven't purified what needs to be purified in themselves or in their environment to allow progress to unfold in a better way. So I think that's one very key important thing to, to feel the sense of protection. And when I'm talking about protection, I'm not talking about, you know, security guards or, you know, surveillance cameras or cybersecurity or even legal contracts. Because we all know we can have a legal contract and someone's still not behaving the right way, you know, according to that agreement. So the protection I'm talking about is proactive inside-out protection, not reactive outside uh, in protection, like insurance. Okay, insurance protects you, but it's after the fact. It's a reactionary cause, but you want to avert the danger, avert the threat, avert the problem before it arises, right? And the same thing on the positive side, you want to be able to see the opportunity, see the possibility as it arises. So the first thing is, and we talk about this in the science of protection, you know, we have six stages to, to how to build protection from the inside out. And the first stage is, is purification. The second stage is coherence. How do you build more coherence, unification, the ability to unify, you know, yourself and your brain functioning, to unify your relationships, to unify a, a common purpose with people that you're working with. Um, that's very important because as soon as incoherence, now incoherence is like stress. It's like negativity. It's always there. It's a part of nature. Just accept that, that negativity and incoherence is a part of nature. Now it's not there to punish you. It's there to teach you when you go off track. So when you become incoherent, okay? So as you maintain more coherence, then naturally, even though the negativity is there, it's not going to affect you. It's not going to touch you. Because coherence is infinitely more powerful than incoherence, right? It's even like, like this virus. This virus has been going around. It's an incoherent negative influence. Now, if you're coherent and orderly, then that negativity is less likely to affect you. Even if you get it, your body will still have enough strength of coherence to be able to repel it and get rid of it. So that's, that's the next step. The, the third step is being in that leadership state. And that leadership state is very, being very awake, very alert to what the truth is, because the ultimately truth always triumphs. Now, truth is different in different states of awareness, right? What we think thought was truth as a kid is no longer what we think is truth is now, right? So it's always upgrading our truth, continue to upgrade our truth so that we are aware and awake to the opportunities that are, are coming up for us and we're able to see, okay, here's a potential threat or negativity that I need to neutralize now, right? Before it, it gets to you and then you have to react to it, which takes more time and energy to resolve. And then the next stage is being able to have the, that level of capacity to handle your situations, whether they're extremely negative or extremely positive, you want to be able to have enough capacity in yourself to be able to, to handle those situations. So Vic, if I, if I said to you, um, here's a, uh, a glass of water, I'm going to put a teaspoon of salt in it. Are you going to taste that salt when you drink it? 
Most likely. It depends how much water is there. Just just one glass. <laughs> That's the yeah, next step. I will. Yeah, I will. You're already ahead of me. So <laughs> if, I, if, I took, if I took that same teaspoon of salt and I threw it into to the lake, like Michigan, and I said, oh, go and taste that salt now, Vic. Will you taste it? Oh, heck no. Right. because and, that, and that's what I mean by capacity. When you have an expanded sense of capacity about how to handle situations, then you're, you're not so affected by the negativity that can be floating around. And then the, ne- the next thing that really protects us is the ability to have more timely, spontaneous right action. Right. Tony Robbins talks about massive action, which, you know, if you want to achieve anything, yeah, you got to take a lot of action. But you want it to be spontaneous, timely, evolutionary action, right? That is the action that needs to be taken right now. Because there's so many actions we can take, but if we're really centered and present with ourselves and present with others, then there's a natural unfoldment going on there. And if you can be in tune with that unfoldment, that spontaneous right action, then things are going to work out. Uh, The last thing uh, we, we talk about in terms of protection is what we call deserving power. Tony Robbins calls it grace. You know, you need a little bit of good luck, good fortune on your side, but where does that really come from? Okay. It comes from your ability to create deserving power for yourself. How do we create deserving power? Well, from the level of ourself, it's having good thoughts, good feelings for ourselves and others. It's doing good actions. It's giving, giving knowledge, giving money, giving time, giving love, giving attention. All this builds up good merit for us, right? But the most powerful level of giving is actually giving to yourself in terms of giving yourself that experience of silence and consciousness, right? Because then you have better thoughts, then you have better feelings, then you take better actions, you're able to give more, you have expanded capacity to love and give. And then naturally, the environment wants to give back to you, right? Because you're when you're giving to your environment, your environment goes, okay, you know, somehow it organizes to give back to you, right? We don't always know the how. We, we know the how is not always... But we do know we have control over good action, right? I, I like that. I love I love all this. It, would you say like the grace side of things? Because I tell you know it's people call that luck and all these you know things. And I, and I love how you turned it around because I'm always like, it's more of than you know as long as you're 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 giving you know I, I look at it from an energy standpoint. So it's like if my energy is always good and I'm keeping it centered and I'm keeping it balanced with the relationships and everything else and all that good stuff then it's opening that door more and more to allow for that quote unquote luck to, yep. to happen uh, in that state. Um, and one thing you brought up too, I, I love how you brought this up spontaneous. What was it called again? Spontaneous. Spontaneous right action. Spontaneous right action. And so with that, you know, a lot of times I, I'm seeing in the world, at least I'm feeling this kind of shift coming in where, you know, it's all about massive action. You've got to do this, you know, you, you'll get a business coach and they'll be like, here's what you need to do, 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 do. And I truly believe there's a shift coming. And this is kind of my, I kind of do where it's like, I have that agenda, but I'm also, where is my energy and where do I feel like I need to focus on now? And I, and I believe you have to, there's a way you have to get to that point. Like if I told someone just do that now, they'd be like, yeah, my energy is telling me to go lay on the couch and relax. I'm going to go do that. Right. But there comes that into that, 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 that internal part where you're like, I feel like I got to work on this right now. Don't know why I have other things I need to do. Yep. But it's yep. like this is telling me I'm going to do this today. Yep, yep, yeah. That's being in, tr- in tune with you know what's required, but also what you're getting at there is like what's the frequency, right? What's my frequency right now, right? And this is the the, the power of being self referral versus being object referral. A lot of, a lot of people are conditioned to think based on what is coming in from their external reality, 
right? They're not thinking for themselves. They're not picking up on their own thoughts, as, you, as you're referring to there, their own need for what's what's important to me right now, you know, because it's, it's no good being right, but also at the same time being frustrated, right? That's not really going to change anything, right? You can be as right as you want, but if you're frustrated and angry and, and pent up about things, you're not going to have a good influence on yourself or anybody else around you. So, you know, if you need to feel like you need to go and rest, then that's probably what you need to do to get in a better frequency. So then when you have to take action or have to deal with something, then you're doing it from a better frame of mind and, and that you're more likely to get support from your environment, right? Someone can claim, I'm right. I'm right. Great. You're right. But we don't like your energy, (laughs) you know? So we don't want to support your, however right you are. Yeah. I love that. I, I agree with you hundred percent. I think it's, you got to have that energy component to it. Cause if we don't, then all of a sudden, even what you're putting out there, maybe think I right or great or whatever, but that energy is not there to support it. It's not going to be what you expect it to be. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And, then, and there's that saying, you know, we've all heard God helps those who help themselves. What does that really mean? Right. A lot of people think that's, oh, I've got to keep doing things outside of myself. To, to help other people and keep giving and keep giving. But really it's saying, no, get yourself right. And then I'm prepared to help you, you know? Of that. So true. Uh, Ramon, I could talk to you all day, my friend. I love, I love the energy here. Um, but real quick, how can people find you, connect with you, follow all you're doing, get access to your book and so much more? Yeah. So just go to newmavericks.com. That's uh, our website. You can also, when you go there, you'll see uh, what we call the leadership protection quotient assessment. So you can get an assessment of how well you are protected and in your leadership and what you're doing. And if you fill that out, then you'll get an email, which will give you a a link uh, to a free copy of the ebook, The Science of Protection. And then if you want, if you want to have a further discussion with us, then we'll offer a free complimentary call with us just to discover, you know, how you can develop and grow in, in your leadership. I'm also on LinkedIn under Ramon Newman. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram, the same, same handle. Awesome, Ramon. I greatly appreciate you and all the work you're doing. I love what you're up to and all that you're doing, man. This is really uh, the shift that people need because, again, from we're so from an external world that we need to learn now how do we go back into the internal and realize that really transforms the whole entire internal, the external, I mean. Absolutely, absolutely. It's where it's coming from anyway, so... <laughs> Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing it with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.